I want to invite you to join us for the first ever Bitcoin Business Owners Roundtable. On May 22nd, Paul D. Joe, co-founder and former COO at Mudwater, will be sharing about online marketing and using Bitcoin to accelerate your efforts. In addition to helping scale the well-known coffee alternative, Paul is also behind Casey Cattle's recent Bitcoin adoption that went viral on Twitter. After Paul shares, there'll be a live Q&A along with the time to share insights and network with fellow entrepreneurs. You can find a link in the show notes to sign up. Be sure you'll be able to say, I was there when your progeny asked you where you were for the first ever Bitcoin Business Owners Roundtable. Welcome to the Business Bitcoinization Show, the show dedicated to helping you enrich your life and grow your business with Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth. I'm your host, Josh Friedemann, and our guest today is Jim Kreider, who's the founder of Intentional Living FP, which helps families achieve early financial independence. He's also the founder of Intentional Money Membership, which is a platform that helps people navigate financial complexities as they journey through life, and the Intentional Leadership Society, which is business coaching and mastermind groups that help service industry business owners transition their business from a job to a sell-ready asset. Now, I wanted to interview Jim because Kevin McGarvey from episode 10, he is the co-owner of All Out Parking Lots, said that he brought Jim in to work with his employees for some financial planning, especially connected to Bitcoin. And I'd been wanting to interview someone who's in the financial planning space. Jim seemed like a perfect fit. So you're going to get to hear from him today. Now, you'll also hear me reference my interview with Aaron Twa from Victoria Kayak. That's episode 11. The way things developed, I actually released that episode before this one. So you'll hear me reference Aaron Twa and Victoria Kayak in this interview. And if you're interested in hearing a little bit more about how they are accepting Bitcoin as payments in their business, I would definitely recommend that as well. But of course, before we get to today's interview, we have this week's Bitcoin Meetup Spotlight. And this week, it's Midland, Texas. Bitcoin Midland is having its next meetup this Thursday, July 14th at Opal's Table. They'll start at 6.30 with networking and drinks and then transition to their panel discussion. This time, they'll be discussing off-grid mining with Paul Cockerham of Verde Mining, Cole Harrison of Baseline Energy, and Seth Herning of Alkane Midstream. They'll be talking through the ins and outs of Bitcoin mining off-grid, which is a very interesting topic. And if you can't make it this week, you can join them any second Thursday of the month at the same location, Opal's Table. You can find more details at meetup.com slash Bitcoin dash Midland. That link is in the show notes below, along with a list of other local Bitcoin meetups across the United States. To find a meetup in your area, follow the link and search for your state and city to find the best person to reach out to for more information. Now, We're going to get to our interview with Jim right after this. Business owners, unlock the benefits Bitcoin has to offer your business with the Bitcoin for Business Quick Start Guide. This 27-page guide highlights the six ways you can grow your business with Bitcoin. Check it out in the show notes. Jim, welcome to the podcast. And thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Josh. Yeah, so I like to start off every single interview with a few questions that help us to get to know you a little bit better and to give us some insight for our own lives. Are you ready for these? Let's do it. When and how did you first learn about Bitcoin? So the, the, the first time I heard about Bitcoin was back in probably 2012. Um, There's a guy I worked with. I was living in Colorado at the time. And the guy I worked with, um, he, was, he was always asking our boss to pay us in Bitcoin. Um, I wish I would have listened to him. Unfortunately, I, I think the guy was was usually high on something, so I didn't put too much weight in his words. So I brushed it off. 
Um, so after that, my, my real encounter with Bitcoin was, was really because of Preston Pish and Stig Wooderson on the Investors Podcast. We study billionaires, their show back in, gosh, I've been listening to that probably since 2015. And they probably first started talking about Bitcoin in 2016 or 2017. That's, that's when my eyes were opened and really considered this as an asset. What's an insight or fact about Bitcoin that you wish that everyone understood? I, I wish that more people, and this isn't necessarily just about Bitcoin itself. It, it plays a major role. But understood the difference between uh, volatility and risk. See, Bitcoin clearly, as we're experiencing right now in, in June of 2022, Bitcoin is being outrageously volatile with its price compared to U.S. dollars. Um, however, risk um, risk does not equal volatility. Risk is ultimately whether or not you're able to achieve a goal or do the thing that you set out to do. Volatility can interfere and interrupt and bring in risk, but they're not equivalent. Um, in my opinion, I think Bitcoin on a daily basis is becoming a less, less risky asset, assuming you're holding it for the proper period of time and it's in the proper um, percentage of your portfolio allocation. So what's the Bitcoin resource you most recommend to other people? My two go-to things are uh, Preston Pish's podcast on the Investors Podcast Network, uh, their, uh, their Bitcoin show, Bitcoin Fundamentals. Um, especially I like the, the first two episodes that were dedicated to that. There's one with Breedlove. I think that was episode two. And then episode one and two. I can't remember who the other uh, guest it was, but yeah, I, I regularly send those out to people I'm trying to, uh, to orange pill. So those two, and then if people want to go in and spend, dedicate a little bit more time, I refer them to the Bitcoin Standard Book. It's a phenomenal read, and I think it really helps people reframe their thoughts, not only on Bitcoin, but also uh, take, a, take a second look at economics and step out of what we're taught in university and consider Austrian economics rather than just Keynesian. Next question is this, beyond Bitcoin, what's a resource or an idea that's been valuable to you or your business recently? Man, this... That is a good question. I Lately, I've been really chewing on, and this is something I, I revisit regularly, but lately it's become really important all over again, is again, I, I own businesses, I work with people, and not only the people, my, my clients, but also my family and the people I care about and people I'm around. How do, I, how do I move from serving people, serving my clients, serving my kids, serving my wife, to creating experiences? and facilitating moments and memories for the people that I care about. And that's something I've really been chewing on lately. Again, for, for the families I serve through work, but also my kids. How do I move from you know changing diapers and getting them breakfast and, and maybe and playing with them for a bit to actually curating moments together as they grow? Um, that's, that's something, yeah, it's really caught me lately. I'm, I'm, I'm regularly thinking on, again, that's something I can implement in my, my personal life as well as, as professional. Question number five, this is what we call our arbitrary but insightful question, and it's this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? You know, I, uh, <laughs> I wrestled over that question quite a bit. Um, and uh, yeah, my, my initial gut reaction was, was why, but then I, I flipped to why not because that's something I feel a lot of people, a lot of people don't ask why not enough when they're facing a fear. Um, or when they're when they're too afraid to step out and try something, um, so I wish people more people pondered why not. But then I went back to why. So my answer is why. Um, I, th I think 
and it's the issue for most people is not not asking why, but then not asking why again and then again and again and really getting at what is important to you um, or what is important to the matter um, at that. Um, and if you, as you continue to ask why, and you pull those layers back, ultimately you'll discover what you're truly after. Most most of the times, if you if you ask why once, you'll get a surface level. You ask it twice, you'll get a good answer. You ask it a third time, you'll really get at the intent of what what you're after. So uh, I I hereby stand by why being superior question. It's it's a fun one to to talk through for sure. Meet Linkster, your premier Bitcoin-focused advisor. Linkster caters to businesses, institutions, family offices, and high-net-worth individuals. They merge your unique financial goals and needs with Linkster's Bitcoin expertise to craft your own sustainable plan to preserve and grow the value of your hard-earned profits and retained earnings. At Linkster, it's not just advice. It's tailored execution. Connect directly with the founder by visiting Linkster.com. That's L-Y-N-C-S-T-E-R. Com. Linkster, secure your future with Bitcoin. Today's episode of Business Bitcoinization is proudly brought to you by Vellus Commerce, where the future of business technology meets Bitcoin. As we journey through the era of Bitcoin and its transformational impact on businesses, there's one name that stands out. Vellus Commerce. Whether you're looking to build a cutting-edge website, a seamless mobile app, or custom software, Vellus is your go-to team. They've been diving deep into the world of Bitcoin since 2014, making them one of the most experienced groups for integrating Bitcoin and Lightning payments into a variety of digital platforms. But here's what truly sets them apart. Vellus Commerce doesn't just build. They bring a wealth of knowledge to ensure your project success from day one. Their team understands the nuances of Bitcoin, ensuring that your business stays ahead of the curve. And for all business Bitcoinization listeners out there, Vellus Commerce is offering a free consultation to kickstart your project the right way. So if you're ready to future-proof your business in the coming age of hyper-Bitcoinization, head over to VellusCommerce.com or reach out on Twitter at Vellus Commerce. Let's make sure your business thrives in the Bitcoin era. So Jim, we're here today to talk about uh, a number of things, but particularly Bitcoin from the perspective of someone who is focused on investment and finance. And part of the reason that I reached out to you first, I've been thinking on this for a little while, who's the person in this space that's good to talk to? Then Kevin McGarvey, uh, couple weeks ago, we had him on the show and he mentioned that you came into his business and you helped his employees kind of uh, get things set up on the financial side. So I wanted to bring you in to talk about Bitcoin and how to begin thinking about that, both maybe on a personal level and a business level. We're going to get to that in just a second, but I want you to share a little bit about the the businesses that you have going on. Uh, we mentioned Intentional Living FP as well as a couple others that people can read about in the, in the show notes below. But could you just share with us a little bit about your businesses and things you have going on, as well as this intentional motif that keeps on coming up? Yeah. So the I guess we'll start off with that, the intentional part. Um, my, my job overall is to help people actually become articulate about what's important to them and then align their resources, their time, their energy, their money, their relationships with what is actually important to them. And that's being intentional. So that's some, that's a theme that I have in hopefully everything that I do. So one of those businesses that is intentional, that's Intentional Living FP, as in financial planning. And what we do there is we, we help young families achieve early financial independence. So that's financial planning. We do you know tax and investment and estate planning, all that fun stuff. 
Um, but overall, my, our, our job there is to understand what is important to you in life and then help you align your resources in the most efficient and effective manner towards that purpose. So again, that's, that's financial planning for early, for young families who want early financial independence. Um, the, the next business that we have um, is intentional money membership. Um, that's something that we'll actually be launching here in the next couple of months. Um, that is a, um, that's going to be more of a financial coaching. So helping people as they navigate the early and new complexities that they encounter in their financial life. So when you go from relative simplicity to this is a little bit more than um, I'm aware of, and maybe a little bit more than I want to go to my parents and talk to them about. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to read articles, but I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know which, which blog I should be reading or which article applies to my situation. I wish I had someone that I could bounce these ideas off of. So that, that is those, that's, that's that business is, is working with people to help them navigate those early complexities in their financial life. And then finally, uh, we have the business coaching and mastermind business. So that, that last one is going to be working with business owners in the uh, service industry. Um, that's going to be business coaching. Um, and small mastermind groups. And we'll be focusing on three parts. That's going to be helping business owners increase their profitability, also increase the value of their company by focusing on raising their multiple, and then finally building their business where it's not just an income stream, but is also a sellable asset. So that's going to be the focus of that. Excellent. And let's go ahead. You know, you just talked about working with families, helping them to achieve financial independence. Could you talk about how Bitcoin fits into that? So I, this is something that comes up a lot because it is, it's rare and strange, I guess, that a CFP also likes and understands Bitcoin. So this is, this is a conversation I have regularly, but ironically, I, I don't view Bitcoin as this end-all, be-all part of financial planning. I view Bitcoin as I do any other tool or resource in the planning sphere. So investment planning, estate planning, tax planning, insurance planning, cash flow optimization, all these things. Bitcoin just happens to be part of that, in my opinion. Bitcoin, as far as I'm concerned, is money. It's an asset. It's something that should be integrated in a portfolio. So this is uh, it does, in a sense, make it stand out because it's it's odd. But in my opinion, it's nothing special in the planning process. All of our clients do own Bitcoin in some capacity. I would say our average client owns about ten to twenty percent of their total portfolio. Their total investable assets um, is is in Bitcoin or at least in Bitcoin related companies. So, Grayscale Bitcoin Trust Company, that that sort of thing. If they're not able to directly buy Bitcoin on their own. So I'm curious, when it comes to the, the Bitcoin side of things, you mentioned Grayscale as a possibility. If they buy Bitcoin, do you also have resources that you point people to to help them hold their, their Bitcoin in a, a safe way? Certainly. These are conversations I have on a almost daily basis is helping families understand the difference of like, first off, walking. I know, most of the people I work with are normal people. They're not, you know, laser eye Bitcoin, Kool-Aid drinking crazies on Twitter. They're normal families that want help with their finances. And then I introduce them to Bitcoin. And we talk through what what are you aware of with Bitcoin prior to this conversation? Let's just get on the table. You think it's drug money or whatever. So we talk through those things. Anyways, I say that these people I talk with generally aren't Bitcoin maxis. They're they're normies, as I think we call them on, on Twitter. So it's talking through what is Bitcoin 
what role can and do I believe it should it play in a portfolio? Once we get through all these things, we talk about how do you buy it? So it sounds super simple to probably anyone listening to this, this conversation, but talking to them about what is, a, what is an exchange? What exchanges should you be using? So we talked through the risks of using different exchanges, um, the risk of keeping your Bitcoin on the exchange. I generally refer them either to Strike and or Swan. I love both of those exchanges. That's what I use personally, and that's where I send clients. Um, so we talk about how to buy Bitcoin, um, what exchanges, the, the pros and cons. Then, yeah, we talk through also how to take custody. We talk through the risk of keeping on exchange, the risk of staking your Bitcoin. Um, also, the, the risk technically of moving your Bitcoin to cold storage, you know, the risk of making a boneheaded move and screwing it up somehow, you know. So uh, we talk through what's a hot wallet, what's cold storage. We talk through the different wallets you can put it in. Um, I refer them to a few wallets that I trust and, and use personally. Um, we walk through how do you move it from the exchange to your wallet? How do you how do you own this? Um, I met with a family yesterday. These are conversations I have again regularly. Is usually the families I work with. It's usually the husband who likes Bitcoin and the wife thinks that he's a little bit nuts, but she'll go along with it. And something I, I ask, I ask the husband to not answer the question. And then I'll ask the wife, like, hey, if if he was hit by a bus tomorrow, would you know how to access the Bitcoin? And usually the answer is no. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's another bridge we have to cross is how do we have a proper estate plan involving your Bitcoin as well? So, yeah, these are things we walk through from from soup to nuts. So what are some maybe additional misgivings that clients have when the Bitcoin conversation first comes up, assuming they don't come to you already having purchased Bitcoin? Oh, man, it's it's the things you probably think, you know, the, the people on Twitter think that normies talk about, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll ask like, well, first off, I've, I've orange put a lot of people like a lot of normal people. This is part of my job as far as I'm aware um, is helping people understand assets. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's part of my job is to help people navigate their either misunderstandings or I don't know, their 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 thoughts on what Bitcoin is and uh, help them arrive at what, what it actually is. Yeah. So typically I, I start that with, hey, what do you are you have you ever heard of Bitcoin? And if so, tell me about what you know about it. And usually the responses are like, oh that's you know, that's, that's used for drugs, or I think it's super volatile. Occasionally, someone will know somebody who made a zillion dollars. Um, sometimes maybe they use Bitcoin to buy some drugs or whatever back in college. So you hear, you hear the normal things. Um, it's, it's pretty much none of the time is accurate information. And it's usually the same thing with other CFPs in the industry. I, I, I met with a group of CFPs yesterday. There's probably 20 of us on this phone call, and they asked about Bitcoin and the portfolio. And um, most of these CFPs, again, along with most of the families I work with, their thoughts on Bitcoin, their arguments against it are generally uh, based off of like arguments from like 2017. Like, oh, if Bitcoin's still used in the rate that it is, the whole world's going to boil by 2021. Uh, you know, these goofy things. So it's helping you, you before you go and counter their arguments, you have to at least give these people a voice to state their arguments and get it on the table. You have to do that. If you're ever going to orange pill someone, at least let them air what their concerns are. Um, let them be heard. That that will allow them to be open to hearing what you have to say as well. 
So let's move over to the business side of things. Now, I know that you mainly work with families, but you've at least had experience working with with Kevin and his employees. I'd be curious to know, have you had many other conversations with business owners? And what are some of your thoughts or what are some of those conversations about when it comes to the pros and cons, the meat and potatoes of adopting Bitcoin into their business? Oh, man, that's so it's about 70% of the families we work with own businesses either as their primary source of income or as a side hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of the families who don't own businesses right now are, we're in ramp up stage to launch late 2022 or 2023. So these are regular conversations we have. I will say that is uh, as far as adopting Bitcoin in their business, um, either as a payment tool or as taking it on as an asset on their balance sheet, that is still really rare. Um, from the conversations I've had, that's never even crossed the minds of most people. Kevin obviously is a special case. He's fully into it, and they're using Bitcoin really prolifically in their business, both as an asset and as a way of rewarding their employees, which I think is absolutely amazing. He's such a good employer and business owner. But yeah, the conversations I have, that that's usually, again, it's not even like, oh, that's not something we do. We're not comfortable with it. But the thought of, wow, we can use Bitcoin as a means of payment um, or a unit of account, that, that's not even on people's radar thus far. And for the clients that you work with, I'm guessing that they have you know some really small businesses, some side hustles, like you said, some maybe larger businesses. Is there generally a, a benefit to them thinking through those things, or is it more of a benefit just adopting it on their own family's balance sheet? There's, I would say there's trade-offs. I mean, there are, I would, I would argue there's benefits of adopting Bitcoin, especially if you, if you retain a lot of money on your balance sheet and you think that Bitcoin will appreciate far greater than other assets, especially the dollar, then it certainly could make sense to adopt Bitcoin on your balance sheet. Uh, obviously, you want to consider any tax implications and maybe any account, accounting issues that you might run into. Um, but obviously, that's going to be hand in hand with your personal balance sheet. Um, you know, your personal balance sheet, if you had a few million dollars of, of cash, AK returned retained earnings on your business balance sheet, you don't want to keep a fortune in USD. Um, that will be eaten alive by inflation. You invest that. And uh, you want to you might want to consider that with your business balance sheet as well. Obviously, I'm not advocating for you to keep, you know put 100 percent of your balance sheet in Bitcoin, just like I I get beat up all the time on Bitcoin, Twitter and, and spaces and stuff for saying that you should have a U.S. dollar emergency fund mm. for personal and business purposes. Um, but yeah, I'd say that that's definitely a use case. Um, also, accepting ca- payment through Bitcoin. Um, I think that's that's a phenomenal step in the right direction. Uh, it's funny, actually, a lot of people I talk to think that, you know, oh, Bitcoin doesn't exist or it's not it's not a actual currency because it can't be used for payment. It's like, are you not aware of these entire countries who have adopted this as a yeah. means of payment? So, um, yeah, as far as even just bringing awareness, I think that's phenomenal. Um, like even cutting costs on your transaction fees, um, you know, cutting out these these other payment mechanism, these payment rails, you can save a good amount of money if you have a lot of transactions going on by adopting Bitcoin. Now, the, obviously, the final frontier is not pricing in U.S. dollar, but accepting Bitcoin as the payment mm-hmm. converted USD, but rather actually pricing in Bitcoin or sats. That is the chasm that I don't know of any business that has crossed it yet, saying this good or service costs X sats, mm-hmm. despite if a sat is worth 
you know, a fraction of a penny or a dollar. That is the place that we need to see Bitcoin get if we're going to see actual mass adoption. Yeah. Um, so I, I am hoping and anticipating. So one of the businesses I'm starting the intentional leadership. So that that will be starting here. Um, groups will be rolling out in January of 2023. And I'm currently talking with my CPA about pricing that in SATs. Hmm. Um, again, most of the people I w- work with are not, you know, Bitcoin Kool-Aid drinkers like you and I are. They're normal people. So if I price this service in SATs, that will force people to consider what do you think is a better place to hold your money? If I'm going to be part of this thing that's I'm going to have to pay on a monthly basis um, for this service, do I hold it in U.S. dollars and hope that Bitcoin stays flat or drops? Or do I, deep down, do I think that Bitcoin is actually going to go up? I'm going to hedge that risk, go ahead and buy some Bitcoin so I can make sure I can pay for this before Bitcoin goes up. Yeah. So it's it's those actually by pricing it in Bitcoin across different goods and services that will cause people to actually consider what currency they want to own and use rather than, oh, this is something I'll, I hope it grows in 10 years. Is this something you want to actually adopt day to day? So one interesting approach, and this is the the last I've heard, and I have plans to interview this company, but they have the regular pricing in dollars, but they also have a, a steady price in sats, but they've priced Bitcoin at a particular amount. So there's not the day-to-day fluctuation. People still know that they're honestly getting a deal. So like, for instance, I think it was $100,000 per Bitcoin. Then they've priced in whatever the the SATs equivalent is to, let's say, like a $30 payment, if that makes sense. And so that way, people can pay in Bitcoin, and they're honestly getting, until until, uh, Bitcoin hits $100,000, they're honestly getting that service at a discount. So it's a pretty smart approach in this in-between time before it's commonplace to start paying for things in Bitcoin. I thought it was kind of interesting just hearing what other people are doing out there trying to to play with this idea and, and how does it make the most sense. Otherwise, I'm guessing that like for you, uh, anytime Bitcoin goes down, you're going to have a lot more people joining this leadership society, right? I mean, that's kind of like the, the internal psychology of people potentially. Yeah, that's where, again, I know it's it's possibly risky or is risky to price a good or service in Bitcoin. Because if you see a 20% drop in whatever, 48 hours, whatever we're looking at right now, yeah, I just lost a lot of income. So you certainly want to consider that. Fortunately, I have the, I have the capacity to take that risk in our personal financial life. Um, and then overall, yes, Bitcoin will experience these, these drawdowns. But I, I personally think that Bitcoin over time will go up. So my personal conviction is if I price it in Bitcoin, that will be better than, I mean, heck, I see it all the time. I went, I said, there's a taco place down the street. There's a breakfast tacos and they're changing their prices of their breakfast tacos on like a weekly basis. They scratch it out and it's like $1.25, $1.40, $1.70 because U.S. dollars are being debased on a regular basis right now. Um, so would you rather have to reprice in U.S. dollars regularly um, or would you rather... In my opinion, I'd, I would rather take the long-term stance, price it in Bitcoin, and then let that price catch up versus have to regularly bump up my price in uh, in USD. So you've you got to you got to make your mind up. Everything's this is semi-related. Like there, there's risk in everything you do. There's there's also risk in pricing USD. Um, and right now, there's a lot of businesses that are experiencing that. They're I mean that's uh, a lot of these companies last quarter had these terrible earnings. 
because um, their their overhead far outweighed what they expected it to be because of inflation. Um, that's a risk of pricing and, and servicing on you, the, the rails of USD. So again, there, there's risk no matter what you choose. You have to consider what risk you're willing and, and comfortable taking. Any thoughts on the fluctuation? Not I'm not I'm not going to ask for price predictions. We haven't done that on on this show, and I'm not planning on doing that. But I'm curious about how you see fluctuations in the future potentially after Bitcoin reaches a much larger market cap. Any thoughts there, or is that kind of beyond where you're willing to go? No, I again, I I'm, this is speculation. I I don't know you you know as much as I do. Um, I would. You have something that was created, obviously, decades of research by bodies of outrageously smart people, way smarter than I am, went through contributing this. Satoshi basically gathered all of their inputs, tightened up some loose ends, and packaged this perfect thing of Bitcoin. But that all happened just over a decade ago. So you're going from this unknown person on a very niche blog, essentially, creating a new form of money to countries adopting it. You're foolish. You don't think this is going to be volatile. I mean, we have Amazon and Walmart and these companies and these services and goods that people use on a daily basis. They're experiencing like extreme volatility. Of course, Bitcoin is going to. So that's to be expected. And I would expect the volatility to continue. Now, I, I would also expect that to um and hopefully it will decrease over time. It will hopefully, in, in my opinion, that should decrease over time. Um, I think that's going to take a few more market cycles before we see that work its way through. When I say market cycles, I think Bitcoiners are aware of, we mean the four-year halving cycles. I think we've got a few more halving cycles. Um, it's going to take, right now, a lot of this is based off of like institutions um, using leverage and using Bitcoin as a speculative asset rather than a hard money source that should be just thrown into cold storage. So, it's probably going to take some of these big institutions getting burned um, before they realize they shouldn't use leverage and whatever, like mess with this stuff. Mm. So once they actually adopt it in the way that I think it should be used, that will, that will lock up more Bitcoin on a, uh, on a better way, make it that again, that will then review or remove a lot of the, uh, the volatility. I think that's, that's a lot of the contributions to the volatility right now is you're seeing these massive price swings again, because it's not based off of like, you know, Jim and Josh and Dave down the street buying a few sats and then we're freaking out and selling. I think most uh, most plebs I'm using all the lingo I hear on Twitter, um, most most plebs, I think, actually have diamond hands and uh, we're holding. It's these institutions who are buying it just like they scoop up any other like small cap stock and uh, they're they're treating it as as just that. So over time, eventually they'll recognize they'll get their laser eyes um, and that will reduce volatility. So hmm. yeah, I think we've got probably a few more having cycles left to go though. So Jim, I appreciate you sharing your thoughts today. I'm curious, any final thoughts for especially those families who have a business in their life, things they should be thinking about when it comes to Bitcoin. And then maybe if you could plug how people can find out more about your businesses. I would just, in, in, I mean, encourage, again, there's going back what I said earlier, there's, there's risks in everything that you do. So you want to consider what risk are you comfortable with taking? Um, make sure that your portfolio is sizing properly. Um, a lot of the people who right now are being forced to sell their Bitcoin, even if they don't want to, just inopportune times, it's because that, well, maybe they don't understand what Bitcoin is. They bought it because some friends bought it 
and uh, now they're just freak out selling. But a lot of those people are having to sell because maybe they bought more than they should have, and maybe they just got laid off, and now they have to live off of their Bitcoin. So really, you want to consider, like, I like Bitcoin as an asset. I own it. I like it. I advocate for it. But you have to make sure it actually makes sense for your situation in regards to portfolio size. I think all Bitcoiners are on the same page as far as get off of zero. Um, I, I stand by that. Um, but really, you want to consider in your personal life and your business life how, I think it's no longer a question of if, but rather how and to what degree you should adopt this. Mm. Um, again, both personally as an asset and then in your business as a payment system and as an asset. And where can people go to find out more about your businesses? Yeah, so you can follow me at, on Twitter at Jim Kreider TX, as in Texas, so Jim Kreider TX. Um, or you can uh, go to Intentional Living FP as in financial planning. So intentionallivingfp.com. Um, right on there on the home screen, you'll see my calendar. There's 15-minute slots. Put 15 minutes on my calendar. I'd love to, to talk to you. I mean, if gosh, if you have a question about just the simplest thing, you think maybe it's you feel stupid asking it, I'd be more than happy to uh, answer any questions I can for you. Um, or if you want to chat more about if or how I can help you out, I'd love to. Perfect. Jim, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, friends, it's a wrap. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Business Bitcoinization Show. If you want to reach out, our email is info at bizbitshow.com. Also, if you haven't done so yet, go ahead and scroll on down to the show notes. There you'll find ways to connect with me and our guest, as well as our excellent sponsors who can help you succeed in your life and in your business. Keep building, keep growing, and until next time, keep living and leading well. If you're a regular listener of the podcast, thank you. If you want to take a further step in your support for the show, you can help us grow by listening on Fountain, a value-for-value podcast app on iOS or Android. If you hear something you like that you disagree with or anything else, you can share it by sending some sats and adding a comment with your thoughts. Some of you have already done this, and I appreciate it. I'm going to begin reading your boosts on upcoming episodes, so if you have some insight or value to add, let the people know. Getting started with Fountain is easy. You can add Bitcoin to your Fountain wallet by using your fiat accounts or any lightning wallet and one of my favorite features is that once you're using the app you can earn stats just by listening on fountain check out the link in the show notes to get started with fountain today